Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we are in studio with guest co-host in front of the show, Sharon Crowley from the Ohm Center of Healing, and we have the delight of having Alex of Coyote Star Astrology with us today. Welcome, Alex, from all the way in California. Is that where you are these days? Yes, I'm in Southern California. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. Alex is an evolutionary astrologer. For our listeners, can you explain a little bit what an evolutionary astrologer is? I would love to. Um, So evolutionary astrology is a very specific type of astrology that is much different from what people probably are used to. Um, Evolutionary astrology was founded by, in my opinion, the best astrologer to walk the planet. His name is Jeffrey Wolf Green. And what distinguishes evolutionary astrology from other forms is that it focuses on two points in the chart that other astrologers often ignore. And these two points in the chart are called the South Node and the North Node. And these are the nodes of the moon and actually um, two gateways that deal with our past life karma, which has a lot to do with the patterns and cycles that we repeat in this incarnation. And the North Node, which is our life purpose, which we sort of come into alignment with gradually as we clear that karma of the past. So what I love about this kind of astrology is Mm -hmm. that I actually have a background in psychology and it's a very therapeutic form of astrology. So rather than focusing, to be frank, on your strengths and what's great about you and all of that, it's more digging into the shadow and what really needs to be healed and giving intelligent context to the patterns that we continue to repeat, which are generally unconscious. Like we don't know why we're encountering this pattern over and over and over again. It's just happening. But the chart, which is unbiased, you know, it's not an opinion. (laughs) It's like, this is you deal with it. We get to look at this and I love how objective it is where you can actually see your shadow. It's it's like being given a mirror. And then in my sessions, we work through this by often shedding compassion on like, yeah, it's not your fault that this pattern has been coming up. This is what you came to work through. And there, that's your homework. That's why you're here. And Um, it's not random. It's not a curse. You actually chose it and you chose it to learn a beautiful lesson. And then we work through that. And this form of astrology, um, it just changes lives because of that. It's beautiful. And it also, I think, helps us realize we're made for what we're here to do. Exactly. You know, at least for me, that's, it's been, that's been transformative. Yes, exactly. And it, Something I really help my clients understand is that their shadows or even their trauma, um, it it happened to bring them to their purpose. It, it wasn't a distraction. It wasn't um, this horrific thing that took them further from their path. It's actually part of their path. And the chart beautifully illustrates that. And we can take that really, really deeply. 
Um, so yeah, I, essentially evolutionary astrology is the best tool that we have that I know of that helps people align with their true soul's purpose. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I and for me, I think it's just for so many years, just the standard astrology, you know, mm -hmm. uh, knowledge, and and you hook into all of your planetary aspects. But the idea um, that there is the shadow side, there are those things that we perceive as weaknesses, and those actually through this, you know life that we're living can become actual strengths and why we're here. The idea of that is so exciting. And mm -hmm. so I would think um, every moment with you would just be an, another exciting venture into what could be yeah. for oh. us, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, you bring forward the shadow. It's also the parts of ourselves we often don't want to look at, but are is definitely running the show. And the more compassion and awareness we can bring to that shadow self and integration, it can really bring us into more sovereignty and freedom. So tell us a little bit about your own pathway to becoming free or sovereign, if you don't mind. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of shadow there. I'm, I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart, and you're absolutely right. Um, Jeffrey Wolf Green's work is a strong brew. Um, it's not for everyone. Um, my readings are not for everyone. Sometimes people come into a reading with me. I think usually it's when they've been gifted a reading and they weren't familiar with my work already. And we start and they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I start shooting arrows right into the place where they're like, oh, that's, you know, it, it brings up a lot. So, um, yeah, my point is that I, I am a very scorpionic person. Um, and, and the beginning of my life, um, although, and I think that this is a common experience for people like externally, my life was great. You know, like I had loving parents, like very, um, fortunate to be raised where I was. I was born in Santa Barbara. I had everything I needed, you know, and, and a lot of people think that were, that had that experience. Oh, everything was fine. I have nothing to complain about, but mm -hmm. you know. There's often a lot going on behind the scenes. And again, it was all very karmic. But um, I I struggled a lot with um, body dysmorphia growing up. And now that, now that I look back on it, a lot of anxiety that was undiagnosed, mm -hmm. um, kind of like OCD-like behaviors, control issues. Um, and I think what was actually going on is I was I – was, um, trying to process a divorce that happened very early in my life. And I don't think that I was given the right support to process that for whatever reason, that was very traumatic for me as a soul. Right. Mm -hmm. anyway, so the first part of my life, um, I felt very disconnected from myself. Mm -hmm. Um, body dysmorphia is very interesting as a disorder because you never really know what you look like. Um, Every time I looked in the mirror or caught my reflection, it was kind of this shape-shifting thing, and I couldn't really get a grasp on what I looked like physically. And um, I projected my trauma into wanting this idea of perfection that was, of course, very much unattainable. Hmm. So that kind of spiraled into an eating disorder in high school, which was very serious. Um, I was bulimic and anorexic and abusing laxatives and things like that and um, was very, very sick 
And like in retrospect, I'm very lucky to be alive. What I was doing to my body and and the level of self-loathing was mm-hmm. actually quite terrifying. And like I was definitely on a mission to destroy, you know, just mm-hmm. like zero self-love, zero um, self-care at all. And um, was also totally disconnected spiritually. I was like very atheistic. I was raised in a Catholic household, which never resonated mm-hmm. for me. And so I really- I can resonate with that. <laughs> There's a few of us here, yeah. A lot of us can't. I, I, like, and I don't mean to offend anybody. No, but me neither. Like but... Recovering Catholic, you know? Like I, I, I really, I didn't know anything else. So for me, it was, I, I hated it. You know, I I really did. And um, I was forced to go to church and that was a real problem for me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, getting back to sovereignty. Like I, I've I've always really wanted freedom. And it was like, I was forced to go to catechism in these classes every Tuesday night. And then I got asked to leave Catholic school because I kept asking too many questions. And it was, it was just this nightmare. That's a high compliment, Alex, if you get asked (laughs) to leave. Right. And, and and then my parents, like they, they wanted me to be confirmed. And this, this comes into our, our, you know, I love my parents very much. If they end up listening to this, you know, it's all good, but like they, they really kind of forced this on me, you know, of like, you are going to be confirmed to this belief system. And I was like, I don't believe in it. I just don't believe in it. But I didn't know that there was anything else, you know? And so... um, But just pause there for a second, because I think, you know, that moment of recognizing and having such strength to stand up to the pressure that was being placed on you as a young adult, because often confirmation happens, you know, between 13 and 18 years old, depending on, you know... Um, because I had the antithesis with my oldest, I was, you know, extricating us out of that whole Catholic paradigm. And I was like, I don't think you want that. And, <laughs> and like, consider and, you know, it took a lot of strength for him to be like, yeah, I don't know that I do want that and step off that. So um, because it runs deep in my ancestry and karmic patterning. But yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. And that's a recurring theme in my journey, actually. I mean, I'm a North Node Aries and Aries is like, it's what we're all in, actually. Now that the nodes are in South Node Libra, North Node Aries, we're all going to have to veer away from people pleasing or, you know, doing things to make our partner happy. And we're all in this in the next 18 months going to be moving into that Aries energy. Well, I was born with those nodes. So it it was very much like that, right? Yeah. So So you have the courage, um, you have the courage to say, that's not my belief system. I don't want that at a young age, you know, adolescent. I would say my journey has been learning how to do that. It it definitely was hard. Um, (laughs) And I think that's where some of the eating disorder stuff was coming is that I, I had guilt about disappointing my family. Mm -hmm. I had or what I perceived to be disappointing my family. I had um, a, a deep sense of alienation. You know, all my friends were, were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was this weirdo, you know, and it was like I was being difficult. It was always this sense of like, you, 
I was stepping on a line and it was inconvenient. And it was like, can't you, can't you just do the thing that everybody's doing? And I was just like, no. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, you just pretend. Everybody will be much calmer and happier if you can pretend. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the eating disorder, I think, was this deep sense of inner rebellion. But I was turning it on myself, right. you know, of this like almost like self-flagellation of like um, punishment of like like not being what other people wanting me to be, but not knowing who I was at the same time. Um, and so I went through, went through a lot of therapy. Um, I was going to say, did that lead you into the psychology? <laughs> yeah. The field and yeah. study of. So my parents, of course, being the loving parents that they were, when I started to spiral into the eating disorder, they did at one point realize how serious it was and did put me into conventional therapy, which I did for a few years. To be honest, didn't help very much. Um, I I don't mean this in any goic way, but I I could always kind of outsmart my therapist a little bit because mm-hmm. I think I think I had a deeply psychological mind just inherently. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I kind of knew I, I I she didn't go deep enough for me. It was just like this right. she wasn't nailing it for me. Um, well, also, don't you think your spirit was really just trying to find a way to express yourself authentically? Yeah, but I didn't know it at the time. Right, right. right. (laughs) I was, I was very, I was, the problem with an eating disorder too, is that you're in, you're in starvation. So my brain wasn't really working, you know, Mm. like I was like, I was in a cloud. It's it's almost like being on a mind-altered substance, you know? Like, I, I wasn't really aware of what's going on. I don't remember a lot of that time. Um, so anyways, I ended up moving out very early at 18. And mysteriously, my eating disorder started to kind of vanish. Like, as soon as mm-hmm. I had freedom away from my, my family home where I was being forced to do things I didn't want to do, I started to find myself. And I went to school to be, I thought I wanted to become a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, I got my BA in, in classical psychology. And I, again, I didn't know there was anything else, but I, I wanted, I wanted to get into human psychology. I had a deep fascination with addiction, which I've also struggled with and things like eating disorders. Right. But I would sit in these college classes and just be like, they aren't, this isn't. This isn't it, you know, like there's, there's yep. tools there. There's tools there. Yep. Um, I think therapy is extremely valuable, but it, it wasn't, it still wasn't hitting that point. And um, I had always been interested in astrology, but I only knew of the type of astrology most people know of, which would be sun signs and all of that stuff. And when I was about 26 years old, I came in contact with Jeffrey Wolf Green's work and his work going into the nature of the soul is when I was like, oh my God, it was like finding Mecca. It was like, this explains everything. And um, through my 20s, it was it was just a, a journey of um, a lot of it had to do with getting into my body because I had been disconnected from that. So the tattooing was a huge part of that, of like um, – decorating my form that I had been in at war with for so long, Mm. Um, enjoying my form for the first Mm -hmm. time, you know, like that was a new concept of like 
potentially feeling positive about the way that I looked. Imagine that. Like it was yeah. like this whole like whole thing, um, which of course was a very, very long road. But um, yeah. And did you That's... find as you were moving along in this journey, um, well, I guess we can probably get into this next segment, but I'm wondering how what you were learning about this new form of astrology, how it matched up with everything that you have been going through for the last, you know, five to seven years. But I think we'll have to cover that in the next one. Indeed, if we can, <laughs> if we can hold it. <laughs> We're in studio with uh, Alex of Coyote Star Astrology, and it's Sharon Crowley and myself exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth. That's me. And we're going to continue this conversation in just a brief moment. Thank you. with Elizabeth and we are in studio with friend of the show Sharon Crowley from the Ohm Center of Healing as we have an amazing conversation with the incredible Alex of Coyote Star Astrology. She's an evolutionary astrologer and we were just uh, riffing (laughs) in between (laughs) but um, just all the things that your own self-study of your own shadow and karmic patterning that you were naming in the previous segment, um, how that you started to understand that process, those ahas. Sharon, you were in the middle of asking her right at the end of the, the, the segment here. Well, I just find it so interesting that, um, you know, you had had done the standard things. You know, you had done the Catholicism. You had done school. You had done um, even understanding the the traditional astrology, but here you're embarking upon this new evolutionary journey for yourself Mm -hmm. as well as in the study. And I would think at that point you're finally starting to see yourself and not resist it or not try to pretty it up, like actually be able to see it and embrace it. And And what was that like? And to have that dance between your personal embodiment and meeting material or a way of seeing the world that resonated. Finally. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, finding evolutionary astrology, it was a very emotional thing for me. Um, it still is. You and know? and you like, were you said how old were you when you found it? Sorry. Honestly, it, it was it was later. It was a, okay. So it was around my Saturn return. So okay. um, twenty six, like twenty eight, that time. Um, and the Saturn return is is when we start to find our North Node. Finally, the first. 28 years of life, we're primarily in our south node vibration, which um, is that past life karma. The Saturn return and what that period of time actually is, is the north node sort of starts to beckon and it's time to start getting into one's life purpose. So that's when my north node and Aries started to come in, um, which is more about identity and personal embodiment. And um, yeah, I, I finally... I mean, there was a couple chapters in Jeffrey's books that I like literally cried. I mean, it was mm. like, I understand now why I have 
um, walked that I, again, it was my Scorpio placements, which are, are, can be a dark area of the chart, you know, that does go into, um, depression and, and, um, addictive behaviors and things like this, but what separates evolutionary astrology, and this is really what I teach is it gives you the why, like a lot of people that are into astrology, they've memorized these characteristics. Like they've memorized that Gemini is social. They know that Sagittarius likes to travel. They, you know, they know these things, but they don't know why. And if you ask them why, they're going to give you a blank look and be like, I don't know. I never really thought about it. And that didn't work for me because it was like, well, I need to know why, or it doesn't like put like, there's no logic behind this. Jeffrey Wolf Green's work will give you the why in a way that will astound you. And you won't need to memorize things anymore because it just makes sense. So your chart is going to mirror to you the archetypal lessons that you as a soul chose to focus on. For me, some of that is Scorpio, right? And then this, these teachings are going to teach you why would your soul choose that to learn? Why would you have these characteristics and these um, psychological habits or patterns? And by understanding the why, you understand the lesson and then you can learn the lesson and, and evolve, which is, again, the whole purpose of evolutionary astrology is that as a soul, we're coming to grow. That's why we're here. The earth plane, <laughs> the earth plane, as far as I can tell, is actually a pretty hard place to be. It's like this, it's, we're at the third density. It's pretty dense, right? So it's yeah. like, there's consequences. We have aging, we have sickness, like things that in other realms, I imagine higher densities, you know, we can probably shift and do all this cool <laughs> but like here it's like you're gonna get older you're gonna like you know you have trauma and stuff and so um this teaches you how to what a lot of people refer to as ascend um which is evolve higher mm -hmm. consciousness higher consciousness higher consciousness yeah and it is that dance i find it's like okay we we shift into some higher awareness higher consciousness then we adjust we heal and then mm -hmm. shift again. And, and your Scorpio nature, I would imagine, too, I mean, the upside of that is that you can take what is poison and make it medicinal. And that's really, at least in my experience of your work, is like you bring a very, a lot of compassion and heart-centered focus to your connection when you're working with people and mm. and helping, supporting the people that you partner with and, and readings and stuff find that medicinal quality that 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 karmic pattern doesn't just have to run us unconsciously absolutely i mean it's what it's what makes us all beautiful to me i mean a person's shadow or their south node in the chart is it it tells me also about their past lifetime mm -hmm. i mean how cool is that it's like i <laughs> My my feelings about life and death have changed so much in, in the last few years because I deal with these gateways daily. And it's like, I forget because I'll say really awkward things um, <laughs> to people. And I think sometimes kind of freak them out because um, I, I, I just think of the next life as like right around the corner. Like to me, it just feels like I could touch it, you know. Right. And the last one feels like I could touch it too. And I'm kind of like always. And so sometimes I'll say we yeah, we're going to be dead before you know it. And people are like, oh my God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it, it is, it's a trip for sure. Well, and, and so what age then did you start to embrace um, the idea of the evolution, evolutionary astrology and your work in helping others? Um, mm -hmm. When did that happen for you and how did that happen? Yeah, so great question because I think <laughs> it go. I think it goes with the the sovereignty piece. Um, so it was in my Saturn return, and I met a very influential person. Often we will meet a person in our Saturn return that is playing the role of Saturn, mm -hmm. um, and this person was doing that for me. And he was a person that I was romantically involved with for a very short amount of time, and. Prior to meeting him, I was like, I was a total hippie, like living in my car, traveling around with my dog. I was like, I was working on weed farms. I, I was just, I was very like free flowing. You know, I was out of my cage. I was free. I was like, you know, <laughs> and I, I never thought about having a career. I never, never. And like, I worked at coffee shops. I was perfectly fine doing that. I, I didn't care. And he was kind of like, so what are you going to do? You know? And I was like, like semi offended by his question. I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> like what do you mean? What am I going to do? Like, I'm going to do whatever I want, you know? Like, and he was like, well, yeah, but like, you're like going to be 29 soon. Like you might want to kind of think about the long term. Like he was being Saturn, you know? And I remember just being like, oh my God, like, it was like terrifying. I was like, I don't know. And he was like, well, what do you like to do? And he was like, all you do is talk about astrology. He's like, every time I look over there, you're reading some book or like, you know, he was like, why don't you do that? And the thought had never really occurred to me to make it a profession. <laughs> um, and it just clicked. It, it was a total aha moment of like, oh, my God, if I could get paid to do that, just do what I'd like to do, mm -hmm. that would be like – it would be the ultimate sense of freedom yeah. and sovereignty. Mm. And that is what evolutionary astrology teaches you is that <laughs> right. who you are exactly as you are is your mission. It's, it's who you are. And if you can just find a way to shine that into the world authentically, then everything else is going to fall into place. Right. And so that's what I to help my clients with. And, and that's, I think, where we're at in evolution as, um, as a collective is we're breaking out of this like slave race, nine to five, working for someone else's vision. Um, and people are becoming less and less satisfied with that. And I, I, every day I have clients that are working a nine to five that they hate and then they have these amazing things on the side that they're inherently really good at. And it's, I just teach them to do what I did is it's like, find what you love to do, write it down and then figure out how to make that a career. I mean, that's basically what it is. And that, then you're free. You're, you don't have to answer to anyone else. You wake up every day, loving what you're doing. And basically I tell people do what you would do, even if you didn't get paid and then find a way to get paid so you can pay your bills. That's it. Well, and do, and do you find that certain times of the year, based on what's going on with the nodes, are better times for that versus not? Like, are there sure. times for kind of sitting and hatching a plan and then actually jumping and you help people with that? Yeah. I mean, the, the 
the stars reflect nature. So it's kind of like a garden. There's like better times to plant seeds and there's better times to harvest. Um, a lot of it has to do with retrogrades and direct um, movements. Um, I think of it also as like, you know, I used to surf and there's like sets of waves coming and, and you want to kind of catch that wave of energy. And people are very intuitively connected to this on their own. Like I, I'm a very big believer of like, I tell my client, feel into it. What time feels right to you? And then we check the chart and it always matches. You know, they're like, oh, well, I was feeling like launching in November. And I'm like, well, perfect, because Saturn's going direct in your 10th house of career. Of course you are, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the stars are you. Like, we are the stars, you know. It's it's not like happening to you. It's it's like you're symbiotically working with that energy. So, yeah, I, I, I really encourage people to, like, strengthen their relationship with their own intuition because that's the empowerment, you know. That's something I really um, admire and appreciate about the work you do is, uh, and I think that was a hard, I mean, I guess my question is, was that a hard earned lesson for yourself to really continue to come back to your intuition as you evolved into what you're doing now? Totally. Um, And another big part of that, which we didn't cover in my journey or I forgot to mention is um, at, at some stage in my early 20s, I started experimenting with psychedelics a lot. And um, that was actually what cured me of my eating disorder, like plain and simple. It wasn't an overnight fix, but it, it, that was what did it for sure. Um, and that is obviously it's, it's becoming more, um, you know, it's being legalized in some places now, but at the mm-hmm. time, I'm 36 now. That was when I was 21. At the time, it was very taboo, you know, right. like very, very taboo. And and um, how did it, it how did it heal you? Yeah, that was my question. Were there insights that came in for you that really drove the point home? Yeah, a lot of bad trips. Ah, uh. <laughs> and this is the other thing: is people think bad. I'm I'm putting in quotes. So I don't know if people like yeah bad trips. Those are the trips where you get shown all the stuff mm-hmm. that your subconscious is bearing that you need to work through. Yeah, where you're not free. And yeah. Oh, I had such uncomfortable journeys for a long time. Like, I don't even want to call them bad. They were uncomfortable. Some were terrifying, right? And being the Scorpio person that I am, I'm just always like cleaning out the sewer pipes. You know, I'm just like, I want to, <laughs> I want to go further. I want don't to leave that water <laughs> still and deep. <laughs> And, um, yeah, sometimes took it a bit far. I will be the first to admit, but like, (laughs) I was just like, I want to know, I want to know, you know? And, and the reason psychedelics worked was like, going back to the therapist, um, client setting, like I will speak for myself. If you are struggling with an eating disorder or uh, addiction, like you can become very manipulative because you you are protecting that mm-hmm. thing that is allowing you to self-sabotage, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are – psychedelics and astrology are similar in the sense that they're going to mirror your stuff back to you and you can't run from it. It's right there, you know? And so I just – over years, it was like the, the the psychedelics, whatever I happened to be working with, often mushrooms, psilocybin, they would show me a, a fear, mm-hmm. um, an issue, 
uh, a shadow in myself um, and I would go into it and I would come out the other side having shed that little tiny piece. And, and over time, I started having better journeys and better journeys. And then I would have these breakthrough journeys where I would be like sitting in front of a mirror crying because I couldn't believe that how beautiful I was for the first time, you know, mm. but I had to go through 20 journeys of sitting in front of the mirror, hating what I look like to get there. You know yeah. what I mean? It, mm -hmm. was, it was ever unfolding, ever unfolding. I remember the first time um, when I was like about 31, I had a, a bad trip about aging happen where I was like, confronted with this idea of aging for the first time prior to 30. I didn't really, I don't think a lot of people do. And it was like, oh my God, it's going to happen. And it was like <laughs> this whole, like, it was terror. It's the only thing I can describe it as. And I was like, well, I know at this point, I've done this a million times. I was like, I'm going to do a whole trip dedicated to getting over this fear. And I literally like went in my room, shut off the lights, surrounded myself by candles and sat in front of a mirror and did a whole night journey about my fear of aging. And I've never been afraid of it since. That's like, amazing. Good for you. Totally conquered the demon. Well, good like, for you for being brave enough to go there. Yeah. Well, it was either that or I was like, I'm going to be haunted by this and probably get a Botox and flip out, and like, you know, like, it was like, and then it was like, well, what are you afraid of? You know, like, what is it? Is it the wrinkle? Is it something else? You know, and it, it, like, I, I like really had to look in the mirror and it wasn't what you would expect that I was actually afraid of. It was a lot of like ancestral stuff stuff from movies stuff from you know like conditioning conditioning parasitic thoughts that yeah. had like taken over my freaking brain you know yeah. that weren't even mine yeah and now i'm like bring it on dude i don't care like whatever you know so alex for give give the listeners just a brief spot of where they can find you before yeah. we take a quick break so I have a YouTube. You can find me there at Coyote Star Astrology. I do uh, bi-monthly astrological forecasts there. And then I do nearly daily astrology on my Instagram. And my handle there is earth underscore T-O to underscore coyote, earth to coyote. Awesome. And then they can also, through that Instagram, connect with you oh. for... Um, yeah. Reading website. your website. Yeah. What's your website? Coyotestarastrology.com. Awesome. All right. We are going to take a brief break, but continue the conversation in a moment with Alex of Coyote Star Astrology on exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth and Sharon Crowley's in studio with us as well, co-hosting. with Elizabeth and we're in studio with friend of the show Sharon Crowley who's guest hosting with me as we speak with the delightful Alex of Coyote Star Astrology who is an evolutionary astrologer who has done her work and transformed the harder patterns into such beauty that it astounds me 
um, and benefits many, I will say. Uh, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, like there are people out there where astrology is brand new to them, even the thought that you would, uh, you know, come and see an astrologer. Do you, are those the kinds of people that find you or is it people who have already like kind of dove into astrology that find you? Is it a mix? Most of my clients are very much already on the path. That being said, I love doing sessions with people that have just found astrology. Um, it it doesn't matter to me. Um, my style of reading, um, I teach every session almost like an introductory level class to what I do. And I do that because I want people to understand where I'm getting the information. I want them to, I, I explain as I go, I say the message and then I tell them where it comes from in the chart. So they don't think I'm just pulling it out of wherever it's like, it, here it is, it's right here. And, and um, so it is almost like a teaching style that I have. So anybody can sit down with me at any, even if they heard about it yesterday, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I, I would say having experienced it myself, um, that that's definitely true. You're so gracious and like, uh, supporting people, understanding like where you're getting the wisdom and insight from their chart so that they, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's been my experience at hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, as we're in this collective shift with the South node and North node, you mentioned it a little bit in the first, uh, segment, but uh, for people who are listening to this, like we're moving from Libra to Aries. Mm -hmm. um, can you just share a little bit more of what that invitation is for people so that maybe they can um, digest that this the times right now and really take heed with what is being presented energetically on a collective scale, but also on a personal scale? Sure. Um, so... I talked in the beginning about how evolutionary astrology works with the nodes in a person's birth chart. A lot of people don't know that we have collective nodes as well, which makes sense when we understand that our birth chart is essentially just a snapshot of the current sky at the moment of our birth, right? So there are nodes in the sky now as well. And that represents the karma that we are moving through as a collective. Uh, and at this moment in time, as Elizabeth was saying, we are collectively transmuting the South node in Libra. So if you look around at, you know, the collective, everyone's chart is different, but this is something that we all share. And the North node for all of us as a collective is in Aries. So I'll start with Libra. That means that as a collective for the next 18 months, maybe 17 by the time this airs, uh, is we are looking at the karma of Libra. So that would involve diving into the shadow of Libra because Libra is an amazing sign. In fact, a lot of people only think of positive things when they think of Libra. Somebody <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. says they're a Libra, it's like, oh, like, that's so nice. Like, and there's a reason for that. And it involves the karma. Um, <laughs> so the shadow of Libra, 
because Libra governs our relationships with other people and Libra is the scales, which scales are, of course, trying to come into balance, right? Libra has karmic patterns around overextending themselves for relationships, compromising parts of their true nature to exist harmoniously in relationships, sacrificing for other people or for relationships. And we could actually think of the nodes as scales. So if that's the south node in Libra, that makes the north node in Aries out of balance because the Aries is about our personal needs, our personal desires, etc. So if we are overextending, compromising, or sacrificing, we are sacrificing what we truly want outside of those relationships. So I'll give you an example. Um, when we are existing in relationship, we're constantly in this mirror effect. And this can be a romantic partner. It can also be a friend. It can be a business relationship. It does not matter. It's an interpersonal relationship of some kind. Uh, we're constantly needing to compromise to co coexist in these relationships. Uh, for example, you're with a friend and the friend points at a restaurant and says, do you want to eat there? <laughs> Immediately, there's a that person wants to inwardly, eh, I don't really like that place, right? Libra is immediately going to say, sure, because <laughs> Libra, Libra wants to compromise. It wants the relationship to feel good. It wants to be liked. It wants the relationship to feel peaceful. Aries, on the other hand, is more likely to defend personal preference. So Aries is more likely to, if it's a healthy Aries, they're more likely to be like, you know, actually we ate there last time. It's not my favorite place. Can we go somewhere else? Right? So that is a small example, but this is happening all the time in a relationship. One partner likes to sleep with the fan on, the other likes to sleep in silence. <laughs> one partner likes it in the tropics. The other one can't stand humidity. There's all of these personal preferences that, you know, hopefully in a relationship, we're finding someone where there's not too much compromise. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem, right? Um, so as a collective, we're going to be looking at places where we have been compromising. Uh, we're going to be feeling more passionate about putting up boundaries and really aligning with what we want, not with what's going to make our relationships better. So this is obviously going to cause some turbulence for a lot of relationships. And it, it could be a season of breakups. But as I've been saying in my a lot of my um, interviews about this, uh, it's not going to break up a couple that's meant to be together. And it's not going to break up a friendship that is uh, meant to last. However, if there's too much compromise happening in a relationship, yes, it's going to bring that up. And that's probably a good thing because these are resentments or subconscious things that have been going on and existing and probably gathering tension in the relationship for a long time. Now they're just going to be talked about of like, you know, a good example might be a couple that externally, maybe everything seems to be going really well, but maybe one partner wants children and the other one doesn't. And thus far they've existed in their relationship, not really talking about that. Well, now that the North Node's in Aries, the partner that wants a child is going to feel passionate about mm -hmm. having that child, whereas the one that doesn't is going to feel 
passionate of that that pot <laughs> is not right for them. So then you're going to get the Rams fighting, right? Of like, this is what I want. This is what I want. Libra can't compromise as much anymore. And so that in that scenario, this might be a, a, a couple that is unfortunately going in different directions for their soul path and their sovereignty, their freedom of being who they really are. They can't live a life to make someone else happy anymore, right? So you can see the issue, but uh, just like any nodal axis, the lesson is we have to break these patterns of, frankly, dishonesty. I mean, Libra is a form of dishonesty. You're not being honest about what you really want. You know, if you're people pleasing, you're not being honest. So this is going to teach us the difficult lesson of having uncomfortable conversations, um, explaining what we really want, saying no when we mean no and yes when we mean yes. You know, like, yeah. Hey, can you watch my dog? Before you might have said, sure, when I don't really want to. And now you're going to be like, no, honestly, your dog isn't that well behaved. And I, I just, I got to put up a boundary here. No. Well, that's a big call to action to like all of us, you know, collectively yes. and individually. Because just think if we can tease that out and mm -hmm. become more transparent and authentic and more yes. sovereign, we yeah. can really live more skillfully with ourselves and our energy and the energy we're sharing with others well I'm, yes. I'm curious too because of the time that we're in right now these things that we're starting to you know butt heads with people about or these things that we're starting to express for ourselves um it, is this something that's just going to kind of calm down in september or is this something that we have to keep revisiting until we actually bust through well or just maybe let's extend that over the next 17 months. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering is, is like if you're over the hump, you're like, shoo, I did that. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Or is it's it something where you question. keep keep hitting it? Great question. Yeah, um, definitely not going to calm down in September because. <laughs> and this might air um, after, but. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have eclipse season in October. And eclipses happen at the nodal axis. So October will be eclipse time. We have two. We have one on October 14th and one on October 28th. So especially between those two dates, October 14th and October 28th, we will have a lot of themes around what I just discussed, around the Libra Aries lessons. From now until then, we're in it as well because we're in a Venus retrograde up until then. So it is just, to answer your question, it's going to be a lot of that in from now until October. Um, and something to remember is that the nodes are a journey. So um, the North Node always represents something that the soul has to learn. It doesn't understand it. So for 17 months or 18 months, the soul is learning North Node Aries. But how do we learn something? Well, we have to do it wrong a bunch before we get it right, right? <laughs> and this so is, how this can is people, why we have to find you. How can people find you, <laughs> Alex, one more time? They can find me on YouTube for monthly astrology reports at Coyote Star Astrology. Uh, they can also find me on Instagram, Earth to Coyote. 
or my website, coyotestarastrology.com. Awesome. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, Sharon, and Alex from Coyote Star Astrology. Thank you so much. Thank Exploring you. Exploring Sovereignty. Thanks, you guys.